Welcome to the Tech Today podcast powered by CEO Raider. It's your host, John Mayetta. We've published a lot of content since we came to you last on this podcast. We covered Treasury wanting more consumer spending and working with banks to um, encourage lending to those without credit history. You can read about that at Tech Today. Just another disaster coming out of the government. Um, Amazon Pharmacy and them ramping up their marketing effort. Uh, Amazon obviously is going to disrupt retail pharmacy in a big way. We covered PayPal and Google Cloud expanding their relationship. And we touch on whether that could foreshadow a, a future M&A transaction with Google acquiring PayPal. Um, Google Shopify partnership came out of Google I.O. Uh, we did not write about that. Just off the cuff, I feel a little bit differently as to the strategic implications of a prospective PayPal deal and a prospective Shopify deal. Google can create value through a plain old everyday partnership with Shopify. It can extend Google Commerce's reach by partnering with Shopify. So I don't see a, a reason as to why, just thinking about this quickly, as to why Google should want to acquire Shopify. On the PayPal side, however, uh, Google needs to figure a way to bolster Google Pay, to, to, to drive adoption of that offering. Google needs to uh, extend the reach of Google Commerce and a partnership with PayPal and what's going on there is PayPal is hosting uh, elements of its infrastructure and products on Google's cloud. So it's not a, a, a partnership uh, whereby it's a, uh, a marketing partnership or a go-to-market partnership. It's more of a uh, customer relationship, if you will. But bringing PayPal into the fold has some real strategic advantages for Google. And so I'll point you to that article. And we published that over the past few days. We touched on, in addition to those previously mentioned articles, we published a note on AT&T. And it's spinning uh, Warner Media. You know, we, we uh, it was January 2020. We talked about why AT&T should, should sell off or divest uh, Warner Media uh, because it would be difficult for AT&T to scale the, um, the, the communication side of the business and compete with Verizon and all the, the new entrants in the world of communication. Uh, when you think about the various messaging apps, uh, difficult to, to focus on that side of the business when you have to worry about uh, providing grist for the mill for the content engine. So we sort of follow up on that January 20 article with this uh, more recent article published several days ago. I think it was literally the day after we published the AT&T note, Amazon, and MGM that that uh, that that rumor hit the mill, and we touched on that in a second article. Uh, last night we published a piece around electric vehicles electricity, 
the Biden administration and how if the Biden administration is truly serious around creating a, a new source of green energy to power this electric future, if you will, then it's going to have to get serious about nuclear energy because uh, wind, solar, uh, hydro, those aren't going to be, those technologies aren't mature enough to give you, to, to generate um, electricity cost effectively at scale to power a nation. And so we, we give you some data, uh, I believe it's the Department of Energy, we, we, we put some data out there as to, uh, as to the sources of energy production in the United States. Uh, the most recent data as of 2020, we compared that to 2019, and you can see kind of what, what, what sources are, are gaining share, if you will, and which sources are, are losing share. And then the one I wanted to touch on tonight, which is sort of away from the, the world of macroeconomics and fiscal policy and, and monetary policy. It's been hard to, to get away from those topics since, uh, since the first Trump stimulus spending program of, of, of last year, uh, given the, the massive distortions fiscal and monetary policy have caused in the stock market, in the economy, in uh, people's psyches, frankly, where we have this, this class of people home collecting federal unemployment, um, and we would much rather have them uh, uh, productive in society. I just saw a, a, a sign today, and I double-checked it on Indeed because I wanted to make sure I read it correctly, uh, uh, up in Kennebunk, Maine. Um, uh, McDonald's hiring at thirteen fifty an hour which I wish I had the number from, from last year, but that's up appreciably. And we've written two or three notes around this over the past month around how the government is causing wage inflation and effectively competing with small business. And we'll have a note coming out about that uh, on Monday. You know, just there's inflation everywhere. Um, Grocery store looks like on average around 30% price inflation. Doing the mental math on where we shop. So today's article was around linking variable compensation to desired outcomes. And uh, I was thinking back to my own experience reporting to a, a CEO and thinking back to uh, companies I used to uh, be in regular contact with, whether they be public or private companies. Uh, during my investment banking days where that's how I would spend my uh, day every day talking to companies. And I can't think of an instance whereby I met a company whereby a given CEO had a very detailed vari variable compensation plan for his or her direct reports. Meaning, in addition to having X percentage of total compensation being variable comp, which is largely at the discretion of the CEO is how companies typically do it. I can't think of an instance where a CEO had a detailed plan for what the, the component parts of that variable compensation would be. And this goes uh, from my, from my uh, investment banking days as well. And so what I write, wrote about in, in, in this morning's article was how um, if, you, if you're doing an M&A deal 
and you want to incentivize the uh, management team of the acquired company, typically what you would do is you'd, you'd set aside a, a management bonus or a management incentive plan uh, that could be X, Y, and Z dollars, and the management team would get paid out X dollars if revenue hit a certain level, profitability hit a certain level, uh, perhaps if they had a successful rollout of a, of a new product that was... Uh, extremely important to that particular business but certainly uh you you would have an incentive program based around revenue and profitability levels and so if it hit you know one bogey they would get paid out x if it hit uh you know it was a, a little bit higher on the revenue and profitability lines they would get paid out y and if they really knocked it out of the park they would get paid out z and you could add as much detail uh, to that incentive plan as is as is is reasonable right in terms of your ability to 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 track that performance and so we do it on the m a side i'm just not sure why we, we don't do it on the employee side it, it just seems sloppy it seems lazy i know it's difficult and I know CEOs want to have discretion as maybe operating goals at a granular level uh, change over the course of the year. Things are fluid, and so they want to maintain discretion because things are fluid. Um, but I think more than anything, it just comes back to the fact that if a CEO wanted to put that level of detail into the variable compensation plans for each of his or her direct reports, it would be time-consuming. Certainly not impossible, but it just takes time. And I think that, that people just don't want to uh, spend the time to do certain things, whether they're uh, frontline employees or, or CEOs. This variable compensation area is an area that I think it is worth spending the time on because it, the, the depending on how you structure variable compensation plans, the way you structure those plans drives employee behavior again whether they're senior executives or, or frontline employees you know show me show me what's the quote i had at the end of the article if uh, uh you show me your compensation plan i can predict your employee behavior and that's and that's so true and so i think if 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 as ceo you take the time to, um, to to break down the variable compensation component of your direct reports total compensation plan, and uh, you'll get granular. Then you'll get a better ROI on your employees' effort, their their work effort, over the course of a, of a year. And it doesn't have to be super granular to where, uh, you know, you are uh, encouraging robotic behavior. But it can be, you know, principle-based. And so what was the, the example we provided in the, in the, the article? And you'll see this in, with in investment firms oftentimes where they will have a variable compensation component for a particular uh, team that works on a particular investment product and the whole team kinds of kind of wins or loses together and so the example we gave in the article was of a, of a technology company that had a uh, 
a technology product rollout and uh, you would put uh, as to our line of thinking uh, in this article you would you would put a certain uh, percentage of the team's variable compensation you would tie a certain percentage of variable comp to this product launch so if you think about it everybody who touches the launch so the, the, the product manager software developers engineers uh, architects um, sales executives uh, the various uh, sales uh, support staff um, marketing team members even the, the the finance team to a certain degree insofar as they are working uh, you know they, they're, they're helping to build a budget with with the sales team you know that should be a little bit of a, of a push pull and you would you would tie product performance you know the success of that launch to uh to, to, to variable compensation and you could define success however you like a product performance however you like so you can incorporate an element of, of unit sales versus what was budgeted, so actual versus budget at the for, at the unit level, uh, unit unit pricing. So were the the, the the salespeople, the marketing people, as an example, able to build enough equity in this new product such that uh, they were able to to maintain pricing, or in order to get deals done, do they have to haircut pricing, which isn't a good thing, right? So unit pricing versus the budget, uh, customer satisfaction. Um, you know, as, as the product's been out there for uh, several months and, and, and longer, and customers have had a, have had a chance to, to use the product or service, um, what, what do customers? How do they how do they rate it? What's their experience? You know, good, good and bad, right? Uh, even collecting that feedback should be something people are measured on. You know, do, do, good, bad, or indifferent. Show me the data around that 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 feedback. The, the product feedback loop is so important. So uh, your team's ability to capture that feedback should be something that they are incented to do through variable compensation. So that's just one example. We put that out there in, in today's article at, at Tech Today. That's all for now. See you next time.